Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful Nonsenses? Hello. We're back in your ear holes. Yes, it's Valentine's are. Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Jem. Oh, yes, I'm glad to be spending it with you. <laughs> it's my favorite day of the year. It's the day of the year where social media gets covered with couple photos just in case we forgot that they were in a relationship from the photos they posted the day before. I think maybe me and you should do a selfie together and say happy Valentine's Day and just put it out there. <laughs> bromance. Hashtag bromance. Where are my roses? Uh, Chocolates. I ate them. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so, um, are you feeling loving today? Is no, there a sense of... Not at all. There's a, there's a sense of exhaustion. Oh, because I'm. That is part no, of luck. No, 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 no. I should be so lucky. Uh, <laughs> um, no, there's a sense of exhaustion because I've been like a workhorse the last week, two weeks. You've been swiping right frantically. <laughs> been like Valentine's Day's coming up. Oh my god! Please, someone. Anybody? Oh, I match. Oh no, no, no. no they no, unmatched. No. Never mind. <laughs> Keep going. Um, <laughs> So, if you're joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jem Yildiz. And this is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the millennial podcast. Hi. Um, we got a good show today lined up. Uh, I'm just going to say it now. There may be a rant bomb from me. I'm, ex- I'm anticipating this one. Um, well, you weren't coaxed into it on the whole Valentine's thing, so that was pretty good. No, I... I was I, you saving I your... Uh, Rent. I think I'm saving for later. the venom for later. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So we're going to uh, this episode. We're going to be discussing the gig economy and whether or not it is good or bad. Um, those that have been listening for some time probably know where we probably fall. Then you probably won't know our stance. But we'll be talking about that, and we'll also be talking about a fantastic advancement in self-driving technology. So we'll be talking about all that uh, this episode. Um, <laughs> So, for those that didn't listen to last week's episode, we changed the format up a little bit. Um, we're going to kind of be segmenting the show a little bit. So, we're going to start this episode, again, as we said last week, backed by popular demand, the quote of the week. Now, this one was on my Twitter feed. I actually retweeted it the other day. Oh, came that's from nice a, of you. came from a casting director. Uh, called Lee Mountjoy. Are you uh, doing a little bit of brown nose in there? No, no, no. No, it's just a bloody good quote. Okay. Arsehole. The quote is... I think I do have a bit of Tourette's today. I'm just hurling the abusive words at you today. I'm a bit afraid, to be honest. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I wish I bought you roses. (laughs) Yeah, well, it is Valentine's Day, so maybe maybe it's just an inner... 
tension. I, in attention. In I attention hate between Day. the. I hate group. Valentine's Day when I'm in a relationship. I just, oh, I despise it. I think it's grotesque. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so the quote is: uh, "Everything will happen for you all of a sudden, and you'll be thankful you didn't give up." Exactly. She will turn up. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Cheers. On the Valentine's theme. <laughs> and so why did this one stand out to you in particular? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I was going to go into some really nice motivational kind of like, you can do this, guys, talking about momentum thing, and you just... Just... Just took it there. Just completely destroyed what? any... Nobody's going to take that quote seriously now. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I like this quote because I feel like, particularly if you consistently stay on a path, you can start to get really demotivated and you can really start to kind of um, kind of resent the path that you've chosen, I think, a little bit. And I think it's just nice. It's, it, this is a, a very optimistic quote, but also I think it's one that does talk about momentum quite a lot. And there's one thing that I heard from someone a couple of years ago now on a podcast, which was just respect momentum. And I think the more energy you put into something and if you consistently put the energy into it, eventually things will just start happening, as the quote says, all all at once and all of a sudden. And um, I just think if you put the right energy into something, then you can get you can get what you want. Yeah, I've definitely been feeling that lately with my own business. Like just we even like started getting a PR team together to start doing promotion for us. And even that intention, we haven't, we haven't even started the PR. And out of nowhere, we're getting contacted by the BBC. We're in articles, we're doing filming for Uber. There's, everything's just been popping up. Mm-hmm. And I think it is that kind of idea of momentum. And it all is, for at the moment, I feel I'm in that sort of actual scenario where loads of stuff's happening all at once. Mm-hmm. But it is because, I don't know, back in 2016, when we first opened, I had that sort of hope that this was going to go big and it actually is coming to fruition and suddenly it's all happening at once and hey that might not always last in six months time it's going to go back down again mm-hmm. but you've got to kind of motivate yourself and see that actually when these moments happen it's amazing you get all this kind of um i don't know you're just happy with what's actually happening what your hard work is actually coming to something mm-hmm. and so yeah yeah so yeah just uh keep going basically exactly keep going and respect that momentum so we're going to get into the uh, meat and potatoes of this episode with our story of the is week. It, is it vegan meat? Aye. Aye. So the story of the week today uh, mostly comes from inspiration from an article on the Irish Times. Um, which <laughs> I wasn't reading the Irish Times when I found this article. It's not like my go-to, <laughs> go-to. my go-to news. Just having your Irish coffee in the morning. Exactly. Like, I know. I'll Sip, read the Irish Times. Sipping a Guinness. <laughs> reading the Irish Times. <laughs> do you read it in an Irish accent when you're reading it? I do. I hear it in Irish. It just comes through. <laughs> All those trips to Dublin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so this is from the Irish Times. The headline is the gig economy is the mass exploitation of workers. Mm-hmm. And this article, um, I mean, I'm just going to say, say it now. I kind of, having read that headline, 
I went into this article with my back fully up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for a fight. And uh, equally, there's a video, which we might be able to edit in maybe into the episode, just a snippet of the video, maybe, I don't know. Or at least we'll link it in the show notes. I mean, I'll leave that to you if you want some additional work. No, I'm joking. We might be able to. Uh, we might be able to. But if, if, if you don't hear it now... <laughs> <laughs> Hit that link <laughs> uh, from the BBC uh, Newsnight, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, and they were talking about how uh, why these gig economy apps and mm-hmm. things are y- utilizing Victorian working practices, which is somewhat ironic, really, given that what the gig economy actually provides is actually the opposite of that and actually the gig economy as far as i'm concerned is the future of work there's loads in this article that i was just shaking my head at so <laughs> okay so this is written by fion rogan um and he kind of starts off by just saying that really we're <laughs> the youth of today youth in inverted commas, are, are being forced into... Um, this, is, this is the frustrating thing about all of this stuff. It implies that young people are being forced into the gig economy against their will. <laughs> uh, and that because of the gig economy and how the gig economy works, that we, as a younger generation, are not having our needs met. Which is, you know, that's not an unfair statement to make. However, the implication of all of uh, what this article says is about this idea that people are being forced into There's the no option, economy. no other option yeah. is what they're trying to say. Uh, we should probably clarify what he means specifically by a gig economy and, and for the most part what, what we mean by the gig economy as well. So the gig economy is uh, uh, organizations like Deliveroo, Uber, Fiverr. They're, they're these uh, usually driven by an app. Cleaner. Uh, yeah, cleaner, uh, TaskRabbit, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. They're usually driven by an app. That's usually or a website. That's where the kind of economic structure of these businesses um, exist. And you sign up to them, and you basically say, "Yeah, I'm ready to work." And people put then out these what quote unquote gigs, these kind of small small jobs, usually not like a full time kind of position, but a small job like. Um, Let's use Deliveroo as an example. I need you to drop this off to this address and we'll pay you X amount to do it. And it's it works in a kind of... Um, in fact, Uber's a very good example because taxi, taxi drivers are in the gig economy in a way um, anyway, but particularly black cab drivers are the ones that work for taxi firms. Um, and it's just a small job that doesn't take a particularly long period of time, usually, um, and then... Barrier to entry is pretty low. Yeah, exactly. But then he also refers to um, zero hours contracts as gig economy as well, which, to be fair, actually, yeah, I think it kind of falls under that category as well. So he's basically saying that because um, we're in this economy now that works so much off of zero hours contracts, it works so much off the gig economy that basically millennials are fucked. Mm. That's basically the general gist of what he's saying. Um, now, I, I don't know if you can tell already, fundamentally disagree with this concept. <laughs> yeah. Jem, what do you think? 
Well, I think the main point you make there is ultimately there is a choice. There is either do you want to get involved in these types of apps or do you want to go down a traditional route of employment, which has the contracts, has the hours, has the set wage, has all these kind of things that are, are there to go against the things, these complaints that he's making. But the flip side is that actually millennials are actually attracted to these kind of apps, not because like it's it's put they're pushed into it they've got no other option it's actually because it actually really fits into the kind of lifestyle they actually want like they want flexibility they want to kind of feel in control there's actually um i was into another podcast there's actually like a lot of um positive and good mental health well-being things to feeling like you have control over your pay how often you work whether you want to maybe you're not feeling it one day so you just don't log onto the app and you're not available for any of these gigs the fact that you do obviously a lot of these people are as you're self-employed and I think that kind of relates to the whole zero hours actually when you're self-employed when you're a freelancer you kind of ask the zero hours because it's up to you whether how long you want to work or what effort you want to put into it and I mean it, it, it kind of puts the pressure on you in the turn mm. in the sense that you need to now go out there and find work but at the same time there is no limit on the amount of work there's no limit on the amount of people you can work for or limit on how much you can earn. Mm. Yeah, some people are doing it for a lot cheaper than somebody else, but then the best people on these um, platforms like Fiverr, which I know Wayne's on, some of these are on amazing um, power, like uh, wages per um, gig that they do. It just depends on how good you are. And I think, I, don't, I, I think the main problem here is kind of saying that people are kind of forced, this is their only option. Like, mm all right, you, 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 the traditional work requires a CV, it requires mm-hmm. an interview, it requires all these hurdles, which means you're going to get that security, that pension, that this and yeah. that, which obviously is, again, something that can be debated whether it's necessary. And then you've got an app that won't judge you. You won't have to come in and see someone and have an interview, do a trial, do a presentation. Mm-hmm. You just log in, put your details on, and you're ready to go. Uh, I can feel a rant bubbling up. And... I was just thinking, as you were saying all of that, I am really, really, really starting to get sick and tired and really wound up by people in the media, people in certain areas of government and certain areas of political ideology. I am really starting to get sick and tired of the patronising tone with which people are saying you shouldn't be working zero hours contracts because you're being exploited. You shouldn't be an Uber driver because you're being exploited. You shouldn't be involved in the gig economy because you're being exploited. I am, for all intents and purposes, you were saying before we hit record, I am a prime example of somebody that has utilised the gig economy from the moment I left university in 2011. I have been in the gig economy from that day all the way through to now. I'm still in the gig economy now. Um, I'm not going to deny it's tough. It is tough and it is tougher than, um, you know, a standard nine to five. Not going to deny that. But this idea that I am being exploited against my will and that I don't know what I've signed up to and that I don't have a choice to work for other people or that I don't have a choice to not turn up to work or I don't have a choice to show up to work is absolutely ludicrous. It's patronising. It's 
really, in many ways, disempowering to the workforce. The reason I love the gig economy is because I can say to them, I'm not available in two days time. And yes, I don't get paid, but I'm also not thinking, am I going to get a disciplinary because I've told them I can't turn up today? Mm -hmm. Because it works. It's a two way street for goodness sake. Like it's not a case of you have to show up. Otherwise you will be punished. If anything, it's the opposite. You don't have to show up and you won't be punished because that's the, that's the trade off because these businesses, particularly I'm talking particularly more about zero hours contracts at the minute. These businesses that employ people on zero hours contracts, they know the score. And do you know what? They do not have you buy the fucking balls. They don't. That's the whole point. And that's why you sign up to a zero hours, zero hours contracts. And that's why, if you've got any sense at all, that you actually apply to several zero hours contracts and you have several jobs so that when one dries up, you actually have another stream of income. I had to do that for a good couple, first couple of years. I was working two or three zero hours contracts jobs. Was I overworked? No. Was I underpaid? Mm, maybe a little bit. But that was my choice. I knew what the rate was when I signed up to it. I knew exactly what I was letting myself in for. And the great thing about zero hours contracts jobs is generally speaking, they're very easy to get because the requirements are so low. They are usually not highly skilled jobs. That's why they can be done on zero hours contracts. And that's why they can be done at a low wage. And you know what? If they do require some skill, they do require some education. They're not zero hours contracts jobs. They're freelance contracts. And then you get a paid a good wage and you're in control of your own freaking destiny. So I just wish the media and the powers that be would stop trying to discourage people from being self-employed and stop discouraging people from taking control of their own destiny and stop for goodness sake, with this whole narrative that these gig economy things are not real self-employment. They are. Piss off. <laughs> Good rant, Bob. So, I knew one was, yeah. was going to come. <laughs> the way the, the argument people might have is obviously you're using these contracts as a way you require the flexibility for the career path you're ultimately going yes. after. Yeah. Whereas people will be saying, well, actually... There's a lot of people out there that are low skilled, are going to go into these jobs that don't require too much like credentials. Mm. And then they're someone who actually their whole life relies on the consistency of this zero hour contract. And maybe they don't have the ability to write the best CV to deliver a yeah, good but, interview yeah, but the, to but, get that kind of more secure. Here's your you know contract first, job. Do you know the first job I got in London was working in a call center, a zero hours contracts job. Do you know what the interview process was? They sat me down and they went, so how's your acting career going? And I went, well, I mean, it's early days. I've only been doing it for, for a month. I've only literally just left university. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, we've got all the flexibility here so that, you know, you can go and pursue that. And that was the job interview. That was it. They mm. went, so are you available Monday? And I went, yes, I am. That was it. And this, that's my point. These zero-hour contracts jobs, these gig economy apps, like, okay, yeah, some of them have certain requirements to sign up to, but it's not... A lot of these apps, you don't even need a fucking interview. You just sign up and you can make, you can make money. And, and the thing that... I mean, I, I'm not going to deny it's hard. I struggled for the first couple of years. I really did. But then I kind of started to understand how the system works. And I started to understand that one job will probably dry up. So you've got to make sure that you're protecting yourself with a safety net of a multi... It goes back to everything that we've been saying with this podcast from day one, which is about multiple streams of income. You've got to treat yourself. If you're going to be going into the gig economy and you're going to be going into zero hours contracts, you treat yourself like a freelancer 
because you essentially are, particularly on zero hours contracts, you are essentially a freelancer. You tell them when you're available, you tell them when you're not available and they cannot, they cannot punish you for that. The only thing that you do have to be aware of with the zero hours contract specifically, and the same applies to the gig economy as well, is if you do a shit job or if you're, if you're unreliable, you won't get used again, but that's no different to being a freelancer. The same thing applies. And all of when I went into zero hours contracts for the first couple of years, I didn't quite get it. And then after the, after year two, I suddenly went, I'm a freelancer. I'm offering them my time. They're taking me up on the offer. And then they are paying me for that offer. That's all it is. I provide them the service that they ask for. The, diff- the only difference between being a fr- freelancer and not being a freelancer is they dictate the actual work itself. But then you could say that about freelancing as well. I just, to w- a degree. I just wonder whether it's because the government are getting, or these people who are making these kind of articles are worried that the problem is, is that these kind of ways of working don't fit the sort of narrative of normal work balance. And so they're thinking... No, you know what it is, don't you? I've said this before. Go on. It's about tax. Well, that as well, obviously. It's about tax because they don't get the tax for another 12 months. Mm-hmm. So it damages the government's cash flow. That's all this is about. That's why this narrative is like it is. Come on. I mean, there's, n- there's really no difference between the zero hours contracts, gig economy stuff to being self-employed. The difference is, is now people are learning that they can be self-employed without being officially self-employed, even though they do need to register as self-employed. But like people are starting to understand that this is a possibility because let's face it. And we've said this again from the very beginning of this podcast, when we started with episode one, like this system does not encourage <laughs> self-employment. You are not sent through the school system going, you know what? You could set up a business. Even business studies doesn't encourage you to set up your own business. Business studies encourages you to look at other businesses and go, how did that work? <laughs> they, they don't ever go set up your own business. Yeah, That's yeah. all the extracurricular stuff, which mm-hmm. I g- did get involved in. And all the extracurricular stuff is the stuff that goes, you know what? There is this other path, but that's never on the curriculum because the system doesn't want you to go and do that. They The system wants you to go into the system, produce money, produce productivity, regurgitate that, and then put it back into the system so the government can go, okay, great, we've got our tax, now we can distribute it. They want it. that sort of predictable tax exactly. coming in. Yeah. And, and yes, maybe that's conspiracy theorist of me to say that, but I just, I, this narrative at the minute about the gig economy just winds me up because to me, every time I hear it, I'm like out of touch. If anybody... If anybody seriously believes that by kicking up a stink about the gig economy and kicking up a stink about self-employment, even though they're trying to say that it's not about self-employment because they're trying to say all these gig economy stuff isn't self-employment, but it fucking is. And it <laughs> winds me up every time I hear it. Um, when they're going on about, you know, this, that and the other with all of that, it's it just, I just think, do you really think that it's going to go backwards? Do you really think kicking up this stink is going to change anything? Because everybody knows, everybody's seen too much now. Like, you can kick up a stink all you like, but Joe down the road is still going to think, well, I've got a car. I've just lost my job. The car's good enough to be on Uber. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Because, what, let's face it, when you're down and out, when you've got no other options, you're going to take a quick zero hours contract and you're going to take an Uber job. And then what happens is suddenly you go, fuck, I've got all this freedom. And then you go, 
fuck, this is so much better, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not earning as much. And, you know, sometimes it's a little bit unpredictable. And yeah, sometimes, you know, it is a bit tough. But if it's my kid's school holiday and or it's my kid's play at school, I can just log off of Uber mm-hmm. and go and watch my kid. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Yeah, I'll lose 50 quid. But would I rather have 50 quid or would I rather go see my kids play? Yeah, and I think one thing that's really powerful about this stuff is that actually it's giving people that confidence in actually earning their own money. So I think as you get more confident in actually being able to bring your own money and not rely on somebody else who's like a boss, obviously these platforms are that sort of distribution of money. But at the same time, once you start earning money for yourself, I think you get more educated on how businesses work, how you can increase your revenue. And I think that's where people become more educated and are less likely to get exploited. And actually, I think what will happen is that actually as these kind of platforms, they're so new, they haven't really found their feet. And I think it will it will start to regulate itself and people will start to value themselves on these platforms. And so that actually it works for everybody. Like at the moment, it's still very cheap and there's that there's that kind of like even for me i've used platforms um for like making logo design for my business and i've come back and had a great like great stuff produced from them and before that would have cost me thousands of pounds but now i'm getting a lot cheaper but then i just think as you keep going like these these people who are using these platforms are going to benefit they are going to learn about business they are going to start to see okay wow I, i don't have to work for an agency to then make a logo who takes like 80% of the amount that I'm hired or for, but I will control that money and I'll charge 500 pound, which works for my client, but also makes me more money. And I think that's the part that we're not seeing. And I think, like you said, like education isn't creating business people, but actually these apps are giving people a business lesson. And once they start to know that, Mm. I think that's when the real empowerment comes from. Yeah, they are. They are giving them a business lesson. And, and I think, One of the things which you kind of touched on a little bit, actually, which I hadn't considered, is this idea now that they are getting this business lesson, but also they're seeing, as you rightly said, the amount of work they put in, the amount of cash they generate for a business, and then the amount of return they get. And sure, the business owners out there are going to say, yeah, and and you've said this to me as well, you know, yeah, but what the what the everyday worker doesn't see is the overheads they don't see the cost of the product they don't see this that they don't see the profit loss they don't see the profit margin they just see the turnover the cash but they also then see when a business opens up another branch they also see when a business decides we're going to refurb the branch that we've got they also see when the business owner goes on holiday for 3 weeks or the manager goes on holiday for three weeks and they suddenly go, well, hang on a second. I'm on minimum freaking wage. I'm the one putting the cash in the till. And so what's starting to happen, and this is a generational thing. This is nothing to do with what many people would like to say that it is. It's about entitlement. It's about education. The gener- this generation has gone. And, and in many ways, this article in the Irish Times, which is this article baffles me because it contradicts itself on so many levels. This, this article itself talks about the, the greedy higher generation, the baby boomers, right? And how all of this is because the greedy, greedy older generation have clung on to profits and not thought about how the youth are going to benefit. What 
people are misunderstanding. And again, we talk about it on this podcast over and over and over and over and over and over again. This generation is not interested in making millions and millions and millions and millions of pounds and then die. That is not what they want to do. What they want to do is they want to make the money so that they can have the freedom, they can experience life, they can experience the world, they can go traveling and not worry about the fact that they're not going to be working for six months. That's what this generation wants. They don't really care too much about a mortgage because, well, they do, but that's only because the system has gone, you should care about a mortgage because particularly in this country, you know, housing properties, uh, properties and housing. That's the way that you make a fuck ton of money. And that's the problem because what actually is driving all of this and particularly this article is the fact that the older generation have bought their houses. They've bought more than one and they put in rent prices up at ridiculous levels, which means that people are then kind of struggling to make ends meet. And that's what this article is saying is that, you know, it's pe- young people are struggling, young people are struggling Yeah, they are, but also their priorities are in a completely different place. And I think that's, that's the misunderstanding here. And that's what, that's the misunderstanding of all these people that are so against the gig economy and so against zero hours contracts. I'm, we don't get political on this podcast, but I am going to for just a second. (laughs) There was nothing that turned me off from voting uh, for Ed Miliband a few years ago than when he was talking about banning zero hours contracts. That that for me, I was just like, no. Well, it's going to stop a lot of employees from. It would have jobs, it would have so. destroyed me. Mm. It would have destroyed me because I would no longer be able to pursue the career that I wanted to pursue because I would have been stuck in a job where I would have to work set hours, and if I took too much time off, I'd be disciplined and potentially fired because in the space of a month, I've had to take off. I'd have to leave at one o'clock rather than my bog standard five because I had an audition down the road that traps people in from setting up their own businesses that traps people from pursuing opportunities that wouldn't be available to them because guess what most businesses operate nine to five if you're stuck in the office from nine to five how are you going to be able to go to uh, to other places that are also operating from nine to five to to grab these opportunities I was just thinking when you was mentioning about like education, I was thinking how cool would it be if like schools could have an app where they could do gig jobs around the school that students could actually take on. So like, oh, litter picking, you earn three pound for like whatever. Yeah, but the schools aren't going to want to do that, are they? Let's be honest. (laughs) I know, I know. But it's just like to educate young people and actually that this is a new method of working. Mm -hmm. It would be amazing if schools could kind of introduce some sort of system like that where you could... Kid, young people could do jobs where they are now like control how often they do it which, uh-huh. which is what is needed because it's when they come out again they're either going to have the option of the cv or they're going to have all these apps and platforms which are probably going to be abundant by that time uh-huh. in every single niche they are and this is this is what i just kind of i laugh at at, at this point of view about destroy the gig economy or regulate the gig economy because this is the future this is where it's all going because you, the consumer would much rather have an app where they can go, oh, I, I could, my house needs cleaning, but I've got all this work that I need to crack on with. Screw it. I'll just get on my app. There's going to be a cleaner nearby. They can come. I'll be in the house anyway. Rather than having to go to the yellow pages or go to a website and go to Google and find cleaners in, you know, mm. time is so... Because we're being pushed to work harder... <laughs> 
Um, it's the the hard work and the push to be the the fact that the average Joe is being pushed to work longer hours for less money is the reason the gig economy is doing so well because people have less time. And so because they have less time, they go to these apps, which are super convenient that they've got installed on their phone and they go, I need a cleaner and I need them now. And they come, they have a cleaner within 30 minutes around their house, cleaning their house. The same with Uber. I need a taxi right now. They can carry on socializing. They're just on their phone, multitasking, boom, boom, boom. And then they get a notification. Oh, your taxi is going to be in two minutes. They go, right, I've got to go. They say their goodbyes. By the time they're out the door, the taxi is just pulling up. They get in the taxi. They don't even have to exchange cash. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. That's that's why this is happening. That is why this is happening. So it's just a reaction to society. Yeah, yeah. I just want to I just want to call this article out for the massive contradiction that it says at the end, which is for all the speak of teamwork in this economy, the individual reigns supreme, and it is destroying young workers. Bit contradicting. Really contradicting because. Our whole point and and why I'm so against this narrative is the narrative of the article as a whole is he has just addressed exactly what we're saying, which is you as the individual have much more control and freedom by entering the gig economy, by taking up the zero hours contracts, because you decide when you work, you you decide the rate of pay. Because you either have a job interview and you know what the rate of pay is and you can say yay or nay, or you're in things more like Fiverr where you actually set the rate of pay. So you decide the hours, you decide the rate of pay, you decide the flexibility, you decide how many gigs you take up, you decide how many zero hours contracts jobs you have. You have the free reign to empower yourself to to your needs. Sure. It's tough. I'm going to reiterate it. It is tough. But if you play the game, you're going to get nothing but upside. Nothing but upside. And that is where young workers can really, really make a difference to themselves and to the rest of the workforce as well. Boom. So we've got a few minutes and then we'll wrap up. But I just want to touch on because we teased it at the beginning, so I just want to mention it. This is our tech news. Nissan. Some great innovations. Have developed, and this is fantastic. This is a game changer. Uh, Apple are going to be developing their own, I'm sure. Amazon will get on board. (laughs) Um, Tesla, I can't wait for the Tesla version. It's going to be incredible. Eco-friendly. Eco-friendly. Nissan have developed self driving slippers exactly i'm not gonna lie this morning i was looking for my slippers everywhere i still couldn't find them if i had a pair of these i would have known exactly where they would have been they would have been in the slipper parking space would have drove themselves there and i could have just slipped them on and that's it jump in the shower they go back to their spot great innovation would you buy a pair do you know what? I think I would actually. <laughs> I think I would. I'm mocking it, but I think the the gadget man in me is kind of like it's kind of tempting. But, but do you know what? Actually, it's in the in the story uh, which was on the Verge. Was it? I think it was the Verge. Yeah, uh, the story they mentioned actually that they're putting these things into hotels, but more importantly, what they're doing is they're actually putting it to furniture as well. So your dining room table can just move just itself out of the way. Fold itself out of the way. 
Imagine that though, like all your, your trainers, you or, know. you know when like you're in a restaurant and you sit down and the waiter kind of just tucks you in. <laughs> you can have your chair just tuck you or under the table. Or your chair can just punk you and pull it out as you go to sit down. <laughs> it's like a, like a, like yeah. a comedy chair. It just... Yeah. Oof. Have you seen that other thing that was quite re- like mental? It went a bit viral yesterday about these um, like these dog robotic creatures that open doors. Oh my god, it's the most no. freaky thing you'll ever see. Black Mirror, dude. Honestly, is that it, Black Mirror it is. Episode? Honestly, I will show you this. The way this robot moves is so flipping freaky. It literally opens a door like with this this like mechanical claw. So weird. I'll show you after, but. This is just showing, I think what this is showing is that obviously technology is coming into the home in many places. Mm -hmm. I think this voice Alexa, which is blowing a lot of people's mind, is nothing. Is literally nothing. Yeah. So Maybe we should do an episode on smart home technology. I don't think we've really gone specifically into the smart home thing. Just some mad stuff that's available right now. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, delve into that stuff. We'll have a little bit of research. Because I really want to delve into it, but I can't really because I'm in a house share, so it won't really work so well for me, but... If I had my own place, like right now, like it would have all the mod cons. Your slippers would give you alerts that somebody else is wearing your slippers around the house and your slippers try to drive away. No, no, take me back. Yeah, no, my my house would be a sci-fi utopia if I was living in my own place. I'd have no money. I'd be broke. But, but everything would but be everything, moving. Everything would work. I'd just be able to go. Hi Siri. Oh, sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> I just be like, "Hi Siri, uh, can you turn on the lights, please?" And then the lights would come on, and they'd be like, "Hi Siri, I, I kind of want to watch a movie." And then the TV would come on, and then the lights would change, so it's more like cinema atmosphere. The the heating would go down, just so it's like the aircon in a cinema place. It would be popcorn would just pop popcorn out. Popcorn, yeah. Kettle would boil. Be like, make a cup of tea before it starts. So you basically just become like a hyper lazy bastard. Yeah, basically. In a utopia of your own room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. <laughs> so self-driving slippers, guys, look out for them. Get yourself a pair. Um, I don't know if they, they work whilst you're wearing them. No, probably not. But yeah. that'd be really cool. That's, that's self-driving like, skates. Just be like, slippers, take me to Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> that is like Wallace, that is Wallace and Gromit stuff. <laughs> yeah. just, you're just standing there, just flowing along the street. <laughs> that's it, cheese. We'll go somewhere where there's cheese. <laughs> Can you imagine you're just on the street, you just see some guy just flying down the street with his... <laughs> just like, just on his phone. With his, or his, his newspaper. <laughs> the newspaper, he's got his fucking, what's it, the night nightgown on. He's got his slippers <laughs> he's and he's just... wee willy winky yeah, hat going on. Yeah, just flying down the street. <laughs> Great. Right, well, we cool. will wrap it up there. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in. If you haven't left a review on iTunes please do if you're using the Apple podcast app you can do it within the app uh, so we'd really appreciate a little review just five got stars a or more scroll to the bottom yeah just search for Powerful Nonsense scroll to the bottom of the Powerful Nonsense page you can do just a rating you don't have to leave a full on review but you can leave a rating and then leave a review if you like uh, five stars or more would be greatly appreciated if you have any thoughts on the gig economy please do get in touch let us know what you think about the latest style of the episodes if that's something oh yeah we'd love, love feedback because we're now two episodes in but actually the first episode of this new format hasn't yet gone out so we we're flying blind um so let us know uh wayne at powerfulnonsense.com or gem at powerfulnonsense.com spelled c-e-m or you can hit us up on the twitters at pn underscore podcast cool um yeah that's it so thanks very much for tuning in and we shall catch you next time see you later